بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على سيد الانبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين اما بعد Where do we leave off yesterday? What ayah were we talking about? Ayah number 14? We finished 14. We finished it. Allahu Akbar. I believe so. Alright. We are really with you. We were only mocking. Right? No, no. No, we finished it. We finished that. No, we were halfway through it. I think we're halfway through 15, right? And we said, We started it, yeah, for like 10 minutes. Alright, good. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, he says about these individuals, Allah bihim, that it is actually Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is mocking them, it is actually him who is making fun of them. And we said, how is that? How is it that Allah is mocking them or Allah is making fun of them? Uh, by letting them do what they want. Meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees these individuals working extremely hard. He sees them scheming, he sees them planning, and he knows what? What does he know? Everything is a good answer, but regarding this. I'm sorry? Uh, he know, not only does he know their schemes, but he knows the what? Uh-huh. I'm sorry? Okay, I, I think you guys are taking, you're taking a look from one angle. The other angle I'm looking at is he knows the end result. Right? Regardless of the work that they do, regardless of the scheming that they have, regardless of how hard it is that they are working, he knows exactly what's going to happen to them and what the end result of that is going to be. So in a worldly sense, in a dunyavi sense, what is one end result and what is going to happen to their schemes and their plans? What did we say based on previous ayat? What, what, what ends up happening? I'm sorry? Okay, they fail. Those pro- not not only do they fail, but what happens? How does it work for? Does it work for or against the Muslims? The end result. Huh, it ends up working for the Muslims. That's one thing. And the second thing, how is it, what is the second disgrace that happens to these individuals? They end up in the hellfire. Excellent. So these individuals not only are they disgraced and are their plans and their schemes are completely destroyed in this world, but they're also destroyed in the in the next in the akhirah. So this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is ridiculing them. This is how He Azza wa Jal is making fun of them. And then he, prescri- he describes how it is that He makes fun of them. He describes it, how it is that He mocks these individuals. He says, Allowing them more slack to wander blindly in their insolence. And we said that leaving them slack and giving them slack, and, and sometimes this is frustrating for us. Right? Sometimes this is frustrating for us. We, we look at people and we know that they're evil people. We know that they're bad people. And we know that they're doing bad things. And we look and we say, how come Allah isn't punishing this person? Right? And this is sometimes we say that. And sometimes we look at that. So how do we deal with that situation? How do we deal with that duality? That we as Muslims, we are like, okay, well, Allah keeps testing me. You know, 
maybe I bought a new car and my car breaks down and then you know my my basement floods and then just one thing after another keeps happening to me and then I'm like man my neighbor is a drug dealer you know and he keeps buying a new car every week and he's only making expansions on his house and nothing bad is happening to him but these things keep happening to him so how do I consolidate that how do I deal with that Okay, Allah's testing us. This is something that's really, really important and, and, and a concept that we <coughs> touched on a few days ago. Why is it important to understand that Allah tests us? Because Allah tests. Excellent. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will only test those individuals who He loves. And the individuals He doesn't have any love for, the individuals that He hates, what does He do with them? Huh, he lets them do whatever. He gives them the freedom to move on and move forward. And why is that? Because uh, good. So it's a punishment in itself In that they don't receive any type of guidance And also what? I'm sorry? Uh, their punishment is going to be in the Akhira There's no doubt about that uh, It's a lesson for us also Right, it's a lesson for us also. When I look at this person, or I look at these people, and it might be a bad person, the person is the owner of an alcohol company, or a person is dealing drugs, or a person is involved in you know, pornography, or whatever it is, and we see that only good things keep happening to these people, what type of solace, or what kind of consolation can I take in myself? Or I can't, uh, the reward is in the hereafter. Meaning, that Dada Jazak, the place of reward, the place of punishment, the place of accountability is where? It's in the akhirah. It's in the hereafter. There's no way to receive full justice in, in this world. And we, we can, I can give a hundred examples, but I can give a very simple... Let me just give one simple example. If I'm walking somewhere, I'm going somewhere, and somebody steals my briefcase, and I'm transferring money. There's about $10,000 in there. My briefcase gets stolen. And I reported to the police. Well, much of my savings was in that. I have make, I had big plans for that. And two weeks go by, a month goes by, two months go by, and then the police finally return my money and they recover it and they give me my ten thousand dollars. Did I get? Did I receive justice? Is this full recompense? Why? Right, I, I had lost the money for some time, so I was going through hardship. That's one thing. The stress that I received, right? The trauma and the stress that I had to go through for those two months. What else? Is it possible to ever punish that person in an appropriate way that for the time, that the time, the stress, you know, and the difficulty that you had to go through? No, absolutely not. Even if you got your money back, even if you got your money back, just that stress and that experience, you that is something that will always live with you forever. So this is why it's very important to understand that this world is not the world of accountability. The world of accountability is the next. And that is the only place you can have true and ultimate justice. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this world, He says He allows them to wander blindly. He allows them to wander blindly. And it's interesting, and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says that they're misguided. And then wandering blindly, Ya'mahun, that they're like basically wading and wallowing in their insolence, in their misguidance. In what way are they blind? Do they not know what they're doing? They're spiritually blind. They're spiritually blind. Meaning that how, the duality that we will always see in the deen, the duality we will always see in the religion, a person of deen always has what in front of him? Huh? 
Okay, Iman. Iman, what is another expression that Allah uses for Iman in the Quran? All of these are good, but there's 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 a physical representation of Iman that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions. He mentions a path. That's good. That's a very good one. What else? Yes. Nur. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes these things. He describes Iman, Taqwa, all of these things as Nur, as light. And the opposite of light is what? Darkness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He describes this darkness. And this darkness, He describes it in levels. Meaning that there's a lesser darkness and there is a, there's a greater darkness. And the same thing with light. As much light as you have, you can always have more intensity to light. Meaning that there are some lights that are dim and there are some lights that are very strong. So it's very important to understand that even in Iman and even in light you have levels. In the brighter the light of the individual, the brighter the nur, the brighter the Iman of the individual, what becomes clearer to him? The path. The, path. the, brighter, the, path, the brighter the light, the brighter the Iman, the brighter the path in front of him. And this path is what? The straight path, a sirat al-mustaqim, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he calls the sirat al-mustaqim what? The straight, the, the, not just the straight path, this is a representation of what? It's, it, for example, can I go on the street today and someone says to me like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm following the straight path. Right? It, it's, it's a spiritual path. And that spiritual path, what do we call that in the deen? We call it Islam. Meaning that the, the brighter my iman is, the clearer the path, the clearer Islam is to me. And this is very important. And the opposite of this is what? <coughs> Darkness. And it's the darker I am, how will I follow that path? It's impossible. And this is why they are wandering blindly. Because they have no idea of the path that's in front of them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when we get into the f- further ayat, this, this analogy becomes even clearer. This analogy becomes even clearer, and we'll touch on some of them, inshallah. But that, that's what I wanted to end it with uh, concerning this ayah. The next ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, That they have bought error in exchange for guidance. So they, who is Allah talking about? The munafiqin, right? This, this, these ayat, these verses are specific discussion of the munafiqin, of the hypocrites. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he uses a term that we don't normally associate with religion. Purchase, right? We don't we don't associate buying and selling with the deen. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says about these individuals, that these are the individuals that purchased what? An error. They purchased misguidance. They purchased misguidance. What was their currency? How did they purchase this mis- misguidance? Huh? So, okay. So, if if we use this example, did they go to Shaytan and be like, okay, here's Shaytan, here's five dollars, can I have some bulala? Allah subhanahu wa taala, He says it very clearly in the same ayah. What is the next word? Bilhuda. Bilhuda is what? Guidance. So they purchased misguidance with guidance. How did they do that? Explain to me how that is. What does that mean? How were they given the straight path? So they think by giving up Buddha. Okay. How? 
I'm, I'm, I'm sure, because remember the group that we're talking about here. They say they believe. They say that they believe. They do everything that a Muslim does, but the thing is, deep down, that they don't. Okay, you just described what a munafiq was. Yeah. But my question here is, how is this transaction happening? Well, because they're doing, they're technically doing what a Muslim should be doing, which is the guidance of the deen. Okay. But at the same time, they're denying it. Okay. So, so I understand what you're saying, but the point I want to get at here is, you, in order to purchase something, you need to, you need to have currency, right? You need to own that currency. I need to have something in hand in order to purchase. I'm sorry. A du'a. No, not not du'a. So we're not talking about spiritual exercises here. We're not. guidance in front of them remember we're not talking about Kufar Quraysh, we're not talking about the Yahud we're not talking about the Musara, we're talking about, about the Munafiqeen, and what are some things that the Munafiqeen did that we spoke about the, 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 I'm saying the superficial actions, For, forget forget the, the scheming ones all those things I agree with but that I don't think that has to do with what we're talking about here right now they knew the right thing right huh? they knew the right they knew the right path. How do we know that they knew that? Because Allah SWT told them. Huh? Give me practical example. They were the company. Okay, that's one thing. But so were the Kufar Quraysh, right? But what else? Come on. I know you guys have it. What were they doing? If, if I looked at a munafiq, what is he doing? They were praying with the Prophet They were giving sadaqah with the Prophet Muhammad They were making jihad with the Prophet Muhammad They were fasting, they were doing all of the superficial actions that the Muslims were doing Meaning what? That they recognized this as a religion Whether they accepted it or not was irrelevant But they had recognized it But they decided, you know what, all of these things are what? All of these things are false. And I'm going to trade this in for what I feel to be correct. And what they feel to correct, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He describes it as what? Misguidance. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He describes it as a specific misguidance. He says, Ishtaraw ad-dalala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He doesn't say, Ishtaraw dalala. That they bought a misguidance. There is a specific misguidance that they purchased. And that misguidance was what? Kufr. Good. But the, what type of kufr? Because kufr is different types. It has to do with what we call them. Nifaq. Hypocrisy. This is what they purchased. Meaning that they sold the entirety of Hidayah. All of the guidance that they had received. I mean, just imagine how ill-fated an individual you are to be sitting at the feet of the Prophet Muhammad to pray next to him to hear his qiraat to give him charity to touch his mubarak hand and you do not have the tawfiq to receive Islam like this is the most ill-fated person in, in history of mankind 
Adad kal asfil min Yani they are on the lowest level of the hellfire. So they were, so they were worse than the kufar. Yes, and there are, there are ayat, inshallah, we'll, we'll get to them, inshallah, that <laughs> that talk about them being fiddark al asfal minam, that they are on the lowest level of the hellfire. Meaning that, I know Meaning that these individuals, even shaitan in some hadith, he's described as being as like the fourth or fifth level. They're even lower than the shaitan. They're even lower than the shaitan. Because of the deception and the harm Because the problem with the munafiq is We said that they are trying to harm Islam Within, internally And this is more harmful than having an external source Or ty- some type of external pressure Because the Muslims will recognize it very easily The next, uh, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He describes this transaction And I think this is a really beautiful way of describing Because when you're selling something Meaning that you're giving up that entire per- currency To purchase something else and they have, all they have purchased here is al they purchased a specific type of misguidance and that misguidance is nifaq so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he now describes this transaction he describes it in a very succinct in a very beautiful way he said so their trade reaps no profit meaning this transaction they didn't they didn't get any profit from it it's totally what it's loss it's a complete loss it's like us walking into a store and giving the store owner 15, 20, 30 dollars and walking out with nothing, nothing right? <laughs> walking out with nothing. I benefited. Not, and not only did I not benefit, I lost. I actually lost. Right? I, I spent time to get to the store. I spent time to give my currency and I walked out with absolutely nothing. I benefited nothing at all. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, that's exactly how he describes it. He, and their, their trade, their transaction, it reaped no profit, it reaped no benefit for them. In Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how does he describe this? He describes this in the past tense saying, فَمَا تِجَارَتُهُمْ Meaning that it did not benefit. They made this transaction, transaction is done, it's over, there's no chance of them to what? To come back. It's, it's not like, okay, you know, I made this investment and it dropped today, right? You know how we, you put money into stocks or into an investment, yeah, okay, that, you know, the value of the house or the value of the stock, it dropped a little bit. But after some time, there's a chance what? It's going to bounce back. There is no chance here. The tra- Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he describes the transaction as being finished, as over, done. They made, they, I'm sorry? The store is closed. The store went out of business. <laughs> yes. So is it because of that, like, any of their, like, monuments or any of their... their yes, mashallah, ma- mashallah. So, so th- this is something that we had touched on before, that the... There are no historical monuments, there are no historical preservation of any of these individuals. Even the masjid that they tried to build, which was famously known as what? Huh? Masjid al-Dirat. Right, very famously known. Does anybody know where it is today? No. It, that it was that completely wiped out. To that extent. That it was completely wiped out. Nobody tried to remember it. Nobody even remembered it. When we got, when we talked about the ayah that uh, that the kufar they said, yani, that we were doing, we were doing nothing except nakhudu wa nalab. That we were just joking. We were just making fun. And they were talking about the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. What did they say? Who remembers? We were just joking, right? So, so what did they? Say? What is it that they said that they had to come to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam? And they told him, and the Prophet, and Allah subhanahu wa taala he says what? قَدْ كَفَرْتُمْ بَعْدِ إِمَانِكُمْ Now you, you've disbelieved. You've disbelieved after Iman. 
What is it that they said that the Prophet ﷺ responded in this way? The Prophet ﷺ, he was on his horse. He was on his horse when the ayat were revealed. He shared the ayat. These individuals were hanging on the reins of the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ, saying, we are only joking, Ya Rasulullah. And what did the Prophet ﷺ do? He kept walking. He kept moving forward. He just completely ignored them. And re- responded to them with the ayat, Qad kafartum ba'da imani. He says that you have disbelieved after you believe. What is it that these individuals said? What is it that these munafiqeen said? Does anybody know? That's after our ayah. Something that's called a food. Now, this is after this ayah. This is much after this ayah. But what is it that they said? No one knows. Why? Allah. Allah. Yeah, look, look at the look at the manners of the companions. They didn't even want to share. They didn't even want to share what these individuals had to say about the Prophet of Allah. Look, look at the manners. And they wanted to completely erase any type of negativity that would be put toward our beloved Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This is how completely these individuals were wiped out. This is how completely any type of monument, any type of remembrance that they had was completely destroyed. And this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dealt with them. So when, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about them that they did not benefit from this transaction in any form, meaning that this transaction is done, it's finished, you've lost everything. You've, you've gone out of business, like the brother said. And there's no way for you to bounce back or to recover from that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He also says, وَمَا كَانُوا And they are not rightly guided. Why add this? Why add this in the end? From the beginning, I'm sorry? From the beginning, they never had any hidayah. Okay, they never had any hidayah. They had never share in, they never had a share in hidayah. Mashi. Don't feel bad for them. There's no reason for you to feel bad for them. And remember, who were these ayat being revealed to? To everybody, especially the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu Just imagine, and, and you know, I repeat this time and time again. Just imagine him sallallahu alaihi wasallam seeing these individuals praying in front of him, seeing these people giving zakat in front of him, seeing these individuals fast with him, fight with him, and Allah subhanahu wa taala is saying about them that these individuals are munafiq. How would he feel? He's going to be torn. He sallallahu alaihi wasallam is going to be torn, and he's going to keep wanting what for them? He's going to keep wanting hidayah for them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is why we find so much emphasis in these ayat because it is as if the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is addressing the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa directly. Telling him, you know, we understand how you feel and we understand what you see. But you need to understand that these individuals, not only are they not guided, they were, they were never guided. And he uses the word, that these individuals, they never, they, you could never stamp them with what? Hidayah. You could never stamp them with iman. They were never allowed this description. They were never allowed this description. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places so much emphasis on this. And this is why we find repetition. Because had he ended the ayah, these are the individuals that purchased misguidance with guidance. And their business transaction or their transaction failed, they didn't profit from it, and he stopped there. The meaning is complete. The meaning of the verse is complete. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's adding this now in the end. Even with this transaction that I'm talking about now, it's not even here. It's before. Even before it, they never benefited. They were never on hidayah. They were never on guidance. 
These individuals were always on misguidance. And we understand how you feel. And we understand how you see them. And we understand how they deal with you. But you need to understand that these individuals were not on misguidance. And even with this, even with these ayat being revealed, we, and, and this is just the... This story, it, it, it really is something and is very telling. He sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he still prayed on Abdullah ibn Abay Masood. Knowing that this individual was a munafiq. And that was the last one that he saw on prayer. Yes, go ahead. yesterday but but basically it is like do we have any stories of a munafiq coming back to Islam and accepting Islam right that, this is a basic question the problem with that is we don't have a list of the munafiqin we only know like one or two of them honestly because the thing is remember what what is the problem even if we had an indication even if we had an indication the number one problem is I would never think that a munafiq would come forward and be like hey I was a munafiq and I'm Muslim now Right, and we don't we don't have any situations like that, and it's not something that seems like it would be public or something that an individual would share. The second problem was is that, and, and this is something that I, I hope that we try to implement in our community and all the Muslim communities. We do not find the companions being doubtful of each other. They were never mashkuk, like you know, they never had shak on another Muslim. They never looked at someone and be like, yeah, I think this guy might be a munafiq. It no, it, it didn't work like that. It didn't work like that. You do have narrations where some of the companions, they were angry at other companions. So like Mu'ad uh, radiallahu he used to pray Aisha with the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And then he would go back to his village and he would lead Aisha back in his village. And he would pray like really long. And there was a farmer who came and he prayed there. He prayed with him once. And then he was like, okay, this guy's praying too long. And he came the next day. Mu'ad was leading. This individual, he came. He saw Mu'ad leading. He prayed, he prayed Fatiha in all four rakah. <laughs> he came, he prayed Salatul Isha. He just prayed Fatiha, Alhamdulillah, you know, all four rakah. And he left. Somebody came to Mu'ad and they told him, Yeah, Mu'ad, this, this guy, he came into the masjid. You know, he didn't pray with us. He prayed by himself. Mu'ad, he went to him and he said, Ya Munafiq. He said, Ya Munafiq, what are you doing? So what happened? The man, this farmer, he went straight to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and he said, he said to him, he said, Mu'ad, he's leading us in these long, long prayers, and he called me a munafiq. <laughs> so what did the Prophet do? He called for Mu'ad. He said, Mu'ad, come here. And he said to him, Afatanunta ya Mu'ad? He said, are you a troublemaker, Mu'ad? Look, look at the uslub and look how he's dealing with, with and who is Mu'ad ibn Jabal? Do you guys know? How did the Prophet describe him? I don't know. I'll, 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 have to, I'll have to go back to that. But the Prophet he described him, he said about him, he said he's the most knowledgeable individual when it comes to halal haram. Meaning that this individual was a faqih. He was a scholar of him. And Allah, how did the Messenger of Allah treat him at this point? He said, are you a troublemaker? He said, this individual, he's coming and he has work in the morning and you're leading the people in these long surahs? What's wrong with you? 
Yeah, you read, read easy. Read something easy for them. Lead the people in a short prayer so that they come and they enjoy the prayer and they go home. So, you have situations where this happens, but Wallahu alam, it, it seems in this situation, I, I don't think Mu'adh was actually accusing him of, Alhamdulillah, I don't think Mu'adh was accusing him of nifaq of the heart. He was accusing him of nifaq in his actions. That how can you come to Salat al-Jama'ah and not join the Jama'ah and then leave and pray on your own in this way. So you, you do have situations like that, but the problem, again, you don't have the community, the Sahaba community, they weren't such where they were doubting other people's Islam. They weren't such where they were doubting other people's Iman. Uh, and remember we were talking about uh, yesterday, we said that Ayat al-Munafiq al-Thirat, you said like, you know, the, the signs of the Munafiq are three. Right? When he speaks, he lies. And if he makes a promise, he breaks it. When he's given a trust, he breaks it. So you didn't find the companions walking around with a checklist saying that, yep, this guy got all three. It, 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 wasn't, it didn't work like that. That checklist was an internal checklist. That do I have these characteristics? So the way that they dealt with each other, they were never doubtful of each other. As long as an individual gave salam, an individual made adhan, an individual prayed, an individual was fasting, an individual said, you know, Bismillah, this was enough reason for them to say that this person is what? Muslim. And that's it. They didn't care after that. It made no difference to them. If a person acted like a Muslim or did something like a Muslim, they treated him as a Muslim. Very simple. They're trusting. Right? And, and we as a community, we have to do that. This is how you build trust in the community. By assuming everybody is Muslim until something clear shows otherwise. And it has to be clear. I'm sorry? It has to be with a clear evidence. And, what, and evidence is what a person comes forward and be like, you know, Assalamu alaikum, oh, alaikum salam, how are you doing, Akhi? No, well, you know, I just gave you salam because I know you guys give salam, but I'm actually Christian. Hey, that's enough. It's enough for me to be like, okay, yeah, this person is not Muslim. But I can't, you know, oh, I don't know. The way he said salam it didn't sound, you know, it, it doesn't work like that, no. There was actually a list of munafiqeen that the Prophet yes. Yes. told one of the Sahaba before he died. No. So when they die, they yeah, yeah. don't pray on Yes. So so there, only him. You know. Only him. So we, we, had, we had spent some time and we actually spoke about that in the previous time. The Prophet he one is famous. That he told, and there's another Sahabi who he also told. There are two Sahabi who he shared with him. You said it last time. Who remembers? Abu Huraira and Hudayfa. Right? Hudayfa being the more, more famous one, also known as Sahib al Rasulullah, that he would share his secrets with him. This being the secret. And Hudayfa, we said, what was interesting about the case of Hudayfa? Did he go around and tell people who the people were? No, he didn't. How did Umar know if an individual was a munafiq or not? Huh? Right. He would he would he would go to the janaza and he would be he would look around, and if he saw if he saw Hudayfa, he would pray, and if he didn't see Hudayfa, he didn't pray. But did he prevent the other Muslims from praying? No, he didn't. Now, So why did Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam made it common that these are the people who are munafiq? He didn't. He didn't. Why not? Well. I promise it will that we're going to increase the speed, but I definitely can't go backwards. I'll come back to you. Tell us to Now. Less than 45 minutes. That was an hour. Now, it's fun. also be for the future? Yes. That's it? That's it. Not only the past. It's possible. So, so the thing is, this is a definite possibility, and this might be another answer. 
this might be another answer, um, that it's not, we don't have any stories of them coming to Islam because number one, we don't know who they are. And secondly, because there's a lack of distrust in the, in the prophetic community. And thirdly, maybe their hearts were stamped and they never came Allah to Islam. And Allah sealed their hearts. Now the seal on their hearts, he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he talks about the kuffar like that. Now does that also apply by extension to the munafiqeen? Wallahu alam. Uh, this is something I actually want to look into more. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how does he describe them? He describes them, number one, as an extension of the kuffar. Right, when he's, he says, uh, what was the previous ayah? Don't worry, I'm not going to go back. <laughs> so, which people is he talking about? He's talking about the previous people being the kuffar. Um, and those kuffar, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he describes them, that these individuals are blind, deaf, and dumb. You know, they do not see. So, they, they are definitely stamped. Uh, that their hearts are stamped. So, there are a number of ways that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes them. By extension, calling them shayateen, also, as the ayat that we have taken before. But there are a number of things, uh, inshallah, that, that are here. And this is a definite possibility. That not only did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he says, that these individuals were never guided, it can also mean that they will also <coughs> never never be guided. Wallahu a'lam. But uh, we, there's about 15 minutes until uh, Qiyam. We will continue this discussion tomorrow, inshallah. Unfortunately, today we had to keep it short because the program went very long. But we do have this nightly, and this will continue until the, the night of Eid, inshallah. And then hopefully during the year, we'll try to set up a, a weekly discussion and a weekly class. Uh, I promise. Well, uh, I, I'm sorry? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. So this goes back to the que- this goes back to the question of sincerity. And we, we had a long discussion on sincerity. What did we say? For a person who is sincere in this world, what is he where is his reward? In this world. So if he is sincere, then he was he's not sincere for Allah because he doesn't believe. But if he was sincere for this world, his reward is going to be in this world. And if someone is sincere for the akhirah, it'll be in akhirah. Yes. <laughs>